It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicon, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this sixth day of December 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. You probably already know that if you're listening live, but you know, you never know. Uh, and uh, it's also where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday. 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, where if you do pop in while you're listening live, you will be greeted by the early arrivers of the set of aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, and they would be Irish Dave and Squeaky and capably moderated by a horn chief agronomist, chief mathematician, bud trimmer emeritus, and zimmergist, Roger. In Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. Sorry about yesterday. Um, I, I'm 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 the driver for medical appointments, and when they're scheduled in late afternoon, it's almost impossible to get back from either Beckley or Charleston. So, hence my absence yesterday. Uh, I have a thing tomorrow, but I don't think it's going to keep me from being able to get back to the studio on time. It's earlier, so fingers crossed. Um, that having been said, yeah, uh, this is the uh, first prayer meeting Wednesday of the final month of 2023. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different, so thanks go out to our sixth and fifth day of the month subscribers via PayPal and U.S. Postal Service and uh, Venmo, however, it comes in. So thanks very kindly to Charlene in Rogues Island. And thank you, Joseph. Thank you to Michael, formerly of Madison, now in Chicago. Thanks to Don in West Tennistan. Thank you, John. Uh, thank you, Gene, across the pond. Thank you to Kevin in Colorado Springs. Thank you, Kenda in Missouri. Thank you all for being partial sponsors 
of this little independent broadcasting experiment that's been almost 20 years in the making. Mind-blowing. Truly mind-blowing. Ah, so, here we are, middle of the week. i got to tell you, I feel crummy. Um, I hope it's not the whatever, but I feel like crap. Uh, been kind of headachy all day and ugh, just the foggy and gross and ugh. um okay thank you Randy Radar for letting us know the old banner is still up on the web page okay uh, where to begin oh and by the way if you're listening to the podcast pretty please uh, be so kind as to like each episode subscribe on a couple of platforms so you never miss out and if you're feeling so inclined, leave a leave a comment. It helps our visibility. Okay. Uh, oh, that sounds fun, Roger. Roger's going off to watch King Tides next week. That sounds really nice. I guess we have to start today by bidding an unfond farewell to that man who has managed to get through his entire life without a spine. I'm speaking, of course, about former squeaker of the house, Craven McCarthy. Hi, Shelby who announced that he will no longer be a member of the House of Representatives with the coming of the new year. Not even going to bother running for re-election. And I've been trying to remember all day long which one of the mutineers it was that said, oh, hell, he'll probably even just be, he'll be gone, he'll be gone by the end of the, he's quit. Well, whichever mutineer it was, they weren't lying. Yeah, you won't have Craven McCarthy to kick around anymore. No. He, he's, he's leaving. They forced him to walk the plank and well, you won't have Kevin McCarthy, like I said, to kick around anymore. I have decided to depart the house at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. Oh, please. Look, just, just use the spend more time with my family excuse. Please. Serve America? When has that man... And I do use the word man loosely. When has that man ever, 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 ever served America? He's, he's hurt America. Yeah, okay, let's try a rewrite. I've decided to depart the house at the end of this year to harm America in new ways. Yeah. Gosh. 
I will continue to recruit our country's best and brightest to run for elected office. Well, I mean, he's O for whatever, but never give up, Kev. Never surrender. The Republican Party is expanding every day. Yeah, it's a gas giant. And I am committed to lending my experience to support the next generations of leaders. No. No. No, uh, uh, it, I, I, got, I, I got a wish list. I mean, he's got a few days to accomplish it in. And if he's going to go out, and we, we know how mad he is, he's been, he's been elbowing people, at least one, that dude from Knoxville. Say it, you know, verbally attacking the people who forced him to walk the plank, the mutineers. But when I got when I when I read the news today, oh boy, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, in one of the last remaining floor sessions, he should. He should file one of them their privileged resolutions. Privileged revolutions. Take one out and walk it around the block and see, see how it wears. No, not just one, two. Kevers should take out, uh, to, to, should file two privileged revolution, revolutions or motions or whatever. The first one should be to expel Matt it just Gates worse. We all know he hates him. We all know Gates hates Kevers. And then Gates could well, no, he couldn't. <laughs> I mean, then Gates could fire back with a motion to expel Kevers. But Kevers already uh, uh, applied the cooking pot variation on the get grass hut ploy and stopped that shit cold. What are you going to do? Expel Kevers for 25 days more? No, it's, it, I mean, I, I admit, that's what I'd like to see. I would like to see Craven McCarthy find a little bit of dignity file a motion to expel Matt Gates and then file another one just for shits and giggles to vacate the speaker. Wouldn't that just be delightful? And then everything would have to grind to a halt. And Mullah Mike Johnson would have to defend himself and there'd have to be lots and lots and lots of voting to find a new speaker and there's 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 kind of there's a bit of a I don't know a bit of precedent for it
we've talked in the last couple of weeks about how almost from the minute he took up the gavel, Mullah Mike has just been an info drip of awfulness. And it's even gotten to the point where mainstream media outlets are pointing out what a religious Lulu he is. And this new uh, Dominionist club that he's flogging. And their little prayer day and whatnot. <sighs> yeah. But the calls, as the kids say, are coming from inside the house. Witness marginal trailer queen. The NDAA is complete. I have been assigned to be a conferee on the conference. Here, we're going to follow me. We're getting an elevator. And we didn't get to participate at all. As a matter of fact, the whole NDAA deal was made between Speaker Johnson, Chuck Schumer, and the Hass Committee. Um, and, and people like me, we didn't get to participate. And we were appointed to participate to make sure no money for abortion, no money for trans, uh, for members like me standing up for Americans who were sick and tired of funding the Ukraine war. We, we had taken the $300 million out of the defense bill. Well, let me tell you what the final product is and the deal that was made. So uh, there, the policy is in place that funding is there for abortion travel. The policy is still in place for trans and the military and everything that goes with it. Democrat trans policy, Democrat abortion policy, um, 300 million for Ukraine is back in the NDA, even though I had worked hard to take it out, it's back in. Um, and furthermore, uh, here's the worst news. Uh, it gets a clean FISA extension through April. No change to the FISA court whatsoever. Nothing changed, and that deal was made um, also. So just wanted to give you a heads up. I'll be flat out no to this NDAA, and I think it's outrageous that this happened with our Republican-controlled Congress. Our Republican-controlled Congress. Um, does she know anything about the Senate? I mean, loaded question. Marginal trailer queen doesn't know anything about anything. She's actually a, a rung further down the ladder from the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's not that she doesn't know what she doesn't know. It's just that she doesn't know. She's nothing, she's nothing but an autonomic nervous system shambling around on two legs. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. And there's still money for the trans in the military. Do, do we even know what that sentence... And all that that entails. All? Marge. Madge. Sweetie. Honey. Um... Hormone replacement therapy is cheaper by orders of magnitude than the dick pills, the hard-on pills, that guys in the military can get. Yeah, I know. I know. It's cheaper than, oh, I don't know, Rogaine. A lot of those dudes shave their heads anyway. So, 
Mullah Mike is a sellout to the Democrats. Well, Madge, maybe you'd like to join Craven if he can find the courage to file a motion to vacate the Speaker. At the end of the day, Madge wants to be Speaker. Can you even... Oh, dare imagine it. Jeez. <laughs> hey, Mike. Mala Mike. Gee. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Uh, question about McCarthy. Kevin in Colorado Springs. Hi, Kevin. Does Governor Newsom get to appoint a successor, or does McCarthy's seat remain vacant until the election in 2024? I do not know the answer to this, but uh, I'll bet someone savvy in California politics does, and we will call upon their expertise in that regard. Um, and toward that, it, my guess is that the seat will remain vacant. It's not like the people in Bakersfield had much representation anyway. Uh, how how are people in Bakersfield even going to know he's gone, except for the fact that maybe... He, no, he's going to remember he's not going home to Bakersfield. Would you go home to Bakersfield? No, of course not. He's going to be traveling the country. Finding more, more ways to hurt America. Because he's a Republican, and hurt America is what they, is what they do best. Uh, uh, Marginal trailer queen correction, Tom in sunny San Rafael, noting, actually, she's an autonomic nervous system shambling around on two spork feet. This is true. And I regret the error. Thank you, Tom. And uh, what a country. Oi! George Santos is earning six finger Fingers? Well, I don't know, is earning six figures from Cameo videos. Uh, he, you'll, you'll recall that John Fetterman paid him for one. He describes himself as a former congressional icon and uh, was spotted at a uh, Best Buy in Queens, where he was buying a stand for his phone so that he can shoot videos of himself. Yeah. Cameo's founder and CEO, Stephen Galanis, uh, speaking to Semaphore, said, He's going to be an absolute whale. He's putting up Numbers like Sarah Jessica Parker and Bon Jovi. A whale, huh? So, I know, Flavio's. <laughs> what a country! Uh, Tom and Sonny San Rafael. Uh, California rep, apparently the governor has to call a special election. I'm not sure, sure why he could appoint a new senator, but not a representative. 
I don't know. One of those vagaries of individual sovereign state laws. Emilio says, I'm tired of MTG. Can we boycott her? I think it's outrageous that MTG is allowed to go out of the house. Trans in the military. Wolverines. I know. I know. And wanting to uh, flatline Ukraine and see Putin's barbarians roll over that country. She, I mean, what a national shame she is. And uh, then this, Jasmine Crockett, Flavio point, uh, directed me to that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Gavin Newsom has to call a special election within 90 days. That coming in uh, via Flavio as well. But uh, via Huffington Post, uh, Jasmine Crockett did yesterday perform what the kids call a sick burn on uh, Marginal Trailer Queen in some remarks about the Heritage Foundation. When lawmakers like this are so far out of touch with what women need, we see states pushing back, at least states that will allow you to push back. I'm from the state of Texas, and of course they don't want you to ever have an opportunity to raise your voice in the state of Texas. In fact, Ms. Perry, I know your organization, the Heritage Foundation, loves Texas. Ooh, they love Texas. They always sending us some nonsense bills um, that somehow set this country on the wrong trajectory. They send them to Texas. They send them to Florida. Every deplorable state that we can think about, they usually come in out of y'all's think tank. But nevertheless, when we talk about protecting women, what we've seen is, say, in the state of Ohio... I've only got one edition. She, should, her, her cadence is such that I think she could get away with referring to the Heritage Foundation to a Heritage Foundation member's face, not as a think tank, but as a stink tank. Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Was one of the most recent states when their lawmakers didn't have the courage to do what they needed to do because, of course, we believe Point in gerrymandering. Because we believe in Point of order. gerrymandering in this. Point of order. I, I move Please to strike stop my her word. I move to strike her words. Deplorable states. That's not a point of order. Let the gentlelady proceed. I the committee that. will suspend. Whoa, 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 whoa. The committee will suspend. Just hold. Slow. Yes. Because she used the word deplorable. <laughs> mm. And so Marge lost again. 
the ruling of the chair was a deplorable state is not a statement against a person or it nor is it engaging in personalities and marge kept at it going to uh, uh, going to shitter and posting a shit Jasmine Crockett just did her best Hillary Clinton impersonation and insulted half the country by calling red states deplorable states. She thinks if you disagree with her radical transsexual agenda, you are deplorable. Hold on. You remember remember how it used to be said of Rudy Giuliani that he was a noun of verb in 9-11? Well, I think we found Marge's. A noun, a verb, and transsexual. And that's how she wrote it. Transsexual. Not transsexual. One word. Transsexual. A sweet transsexual. from tran- A sweet transvestite from transgender Transylvania. Oh, I think somebody secretly watches Rocky Horror. <sighs> yeah. Hey, thank you, Deb. Deb jumped in and got us down to uh, 470 for our fundraising goal. Of course, you know there was no goal yesterday because there was no show, so that's just what it was back on uh, Tuesday. Thank you, Deb. Thank you so much. And fleshing out the question of Kever's replacement. Um. Roger adds, uh, after McCar- uh, from an article, after McCarthy's resignation, a special election is likely. Um, when the resignation is official, California election law allows Governor Newsom 14 days to call a special election. The election would take place on a Tuesday, 126 to 140 days after the declaration. So I guess the seat has to be vacant first. Official. Or I don't know, maybe there's paperwork, you know, promising uh, pinky, you know, pinky promise, swear that he's going to leave. So it's 14 days, not 90 14 days after it becomes official. Yes. Oh, and uh, speaking of Craven McCarthy, um, Darlene notes everything about Kevers was mediocre, such as when he nostalgically waxed poetic about his blase, gobsmackingly boring past and ascension to Congress. Oh, he so badly wanted Nancy's achievement as the greatest Speaker of the House in U.S. history her palatial office, and her stature. Nevs, calves. May the door hit you on your way ass, on the, it's a night. May the door hit you in the ass on the way out, calves, smooches. Oh, and you too, Patrick McHenry. Oh, come on, Darlene. Yes, but would it not be delightful to see him file a motion to expel Matt Gates? And file a motion to vacate the chair, you know, the very privileged motion that can be filed by just one person 
that put him onto the plank with the blindfold? I mean, yeah. Uh, Emilio says, transsexual, the transsexual is someone who suffers from gender dysphoria. The transsexual is someone who gets really excited about restoring transams. Yes, it's Firebird adjacent. Why were there Firebirds and transams? There were, weren't there? Um. Oh, and uh, Randy Radar said, of course you feel cruddy. You've been waiting in a doctor's waiting room. Uh, no. No, I, I, it, for the sake of safety... She went in, and I stayed in the car, but still, you know, I don't know. It's probably just, uh, I feel like it's far more likely, uh, maybe, you know, it's that time of year. I'll be rough until, oh, about another 17 more days. Until the light begins to grow by a minute, a minute and a half a day, and then life will be good. Oh, and uh, Darlene sent this along, too. Uh, Alaska Public Lands. Uh, Darlene asked me to share this with y'all. Quick and easy to do. Uh, go to Patagonia, you know, the, uh, the outdoor clothing manufacturer, patagonia.com. And there is a uh, petition there. Protect Alaska public lands. Dear God, it's back again. From now through December 22nd, you can help save Alaska's largest connected park landscape from the top toxic impacts of... It never ends. Open pit mining. This holiday season, stand with Alaskan communities to protect the Brooks Range and reject the Trump-era 211-mile industrial ambler road god it was the pebble mine it now it's in the brooks range of northern alaska the proposed 211 mile ambler road project would cut through one of the largest connected park landscapes in the country Pollute nearly 3,000 rivers and streams, disrupt the migration corridor of one of Earth's largest caribou herds, and threaten key hunting grounds and water resources vital to local native communities. To protect the Brooks Range from the permanent and destructive impacts of open pit mining and extraction, submit a comment to President Biden by December 22nd. Uh, the, the letter is, uh, is directed to Bureau of Land Management Director... Tracy Stone Manning. Again, this is easily done. Just go to patagonia.com and it's under the activism tab. Won't take you a minute. 
and you will be standing for, well, you'll be standing with people who need all the friends they can get because they have some very, very big enemies. Thank you for that, Darlene. Uh, MTG's point of order, not, says Flavio. So the maggots think MTG is so amazing, right? Crockett wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. To be clear, the senior member from Georgia was wrong. It's a bad day when the Republican chair has to rule in my favor. Learn the rules before trying to check me. God, I am such a fan. Oh, she's good. Because I don't think I don't think Madge is going to be able to out mean mean girl her. And uh, this is kind of neat. A new member. Uh, a new president of a Philadelphia area school board has been sworn in. She is the president of the Central Bucks school board. Her name is Karen Smith. And she was sworn in and not, this being prayer meeting Wednesday and all, uh, She was. She refused to be sworn in on a Bible. And the video of the swearing in went viral. What made that special? What made it special was that she was sworn in, like I said, not on a Bible, but on a stack of banned books. And Karen Smith, what's more, was actually once a Republican. But she bailed on her party. She said the Republican Party has lost its way. So she, she isn't one anymore. I think at the top of the stack was, uh, well, let's see here. Uh, speaking to uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Karen Smith said, The Bible does hold, doesn't hold significant meaning for me. The banned books, they do mean something to me.
because that school board had gone uh, into book banning mode. She actually beat a Democratic, well, I mean, she is, uh, uh, the school board has gone Democratic majority. She's not a Democrat. But the previous school board had banned two books. She put Night by Elie Wiesel at the top of the pile because it's banned. And she said, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. And in the rest of the stack was The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, Lillian Duncan by Donna Gephardt, All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson, Flamer by Mark, Mike Carudo, uh, Curado, Beyond Magenta by Susan Cucklin. And of course, uh, The Bluest Eye has been routinely and regularly attacked by, you know, the brown skirts. Bombs for Liberty! who want to ban books about homosexuality, but as Tracy pointed out, turns out one of their own is a, yeah, engaging in some lesbicious behavior. But speaking of uh, the bluest eye, Karen Smith said, survivors who said it was very important that young people who may have suffered sexual abuse have some way to learn about it, and they're not alone. Their feelings are valid. So I have a feeling she's got more fans than detractors. And remember, of course, that the Moms for Liberty held their first uh, uh, Klan rally this past year in Philadelphia. So this is a, this is a, this is a shot across the bow. Damn good. Uh, note coming from uh, uh, Cynthia in the Bay Area. Cynthia, really? I was once a, rep- a, a Repiglicon, too. But that was a long time ago. The likes of Nixon and Reagan cured me of that. Add a girl, sister. I, can you imagine? I can't imagine. You know, I don't think I don't think I've ever asked Cynthia. Are you a Are you a native Californian? None of my business. Just curious. Uh. <laughs> oh, quality. Uh, the brown skirts have been renamed, courtesy of Matt in San Francisco. Name change. Moms for labia. <laughs> yeah. I'm liking that. Oh, cowbell for me, says Stephen, New York. For lesbicious behavior. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Got, uh, you know, you miss one day. Things just pile up. I love this one. Uh, 
you know, Marge says that Mullah Mike is a sellout. Well, now some people are beginning to come for uh, Madge. Uh, Laura Looney, who is a white supremacist, I mean, the everything bad she is, uh, said, uh, when we lose the House majority in 2024 to Hakeem Jeffries, you know, he's black, you can all blame Marge. Now he's getting all his buddies in Congress to retire early with him so that Dems take the House, and they will. Uh, speaking of McCarthy, no one was a bigger advocate of McCarthy than Green. And uh, uh, then Laura Looney grieved over the exit of the defenestration of George Santos and noted that yeah, Patrick McHenry's leaving and Bill Johnson's leaving, retirement. Uh, Looney's Looney's got a Looney's got a top shelf uh, a, a top shelf sativa case of the of the paranoids. GOP is doing all they can ahead of the 2024 presidential election to weaken the GOP majority in an effort to make sure President Trump doesn't have a strong GOP House. And replying to her on shitter. Someone called MAGA Girl 86. I don't doubt it. We're screwed. 100% screwed. So, you know, would you like some would you like some ketchup? Cuz I don't know. Cannibalism ain't pretty. And 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 then uh there was the claim from Montana Republicans speaking to Manu Raju that one of their own is a democratic plant. Woo! I'm just getting tingly with all the paranoia here. So, uh, representing Matt Rosendale, who is a big old maggot, uh, and voted to, yes, uh, make Kevers walk the plank, he's getting primaried by a guy named Tim Sheehy. I mentioned, we mentioned him uh, on Tuesday's program. This is the guy who's trying to bring back, take a chicken to the doctor. And the uh, a spokesperson for the National Republican Senatorial Committee in going after Rosendale said, a lot of people are starting to wonder if Matt Rosendale is a plant from the Democrats. He's benefiting from millions of dollars in television ads from a Chuck Schumer-aligned super PAC and has been a great ally to Hakeem Jeffries and Nancy Pelosi in their efforts to take back the House.
Uh, Tim Sheehy is what you call a part-time rancher. I guess he's got some part-time cattle, maybe some part-time sheep. But uh, when he's in Washington, according to the uh, New York Times, this is precious, he brings his own meat. One day I'm the, one of the most powerful men on the planet running a giant corporation. The next day I'm getting fired by a guy who sells meat through the mail. That's always going to be that that moment. It's always that's way up there in the pantheon of great Saturday Night Live moments. John Goodman as Rex Tillerson. Uh, Stephen New York says we're going to get back the majority simply because of their infighting before the next election. From your mouth to God's ears. It could happen. Look, wouldn't you hate that? Wouldn't you hate to be Kevers McCarthy right now? You want, oh, you want to take it out on some people so bad, but you're not sure if you're mad enough to completely fuck your entire party. But I think he's getting close. Uh, oh, okay. Thank you. Cynthia, Cynthia says, yes, I am. I'm a native Californian. I was born in San Francisco. I've lived in California all my life. I might add, I went to Cal Poly, uh, Cal Poly Slow. I know what the slow means. And got my first job in the Bay Area after graduating from college, and I've been here ever since. No better place to be, Cynthia. Take it from a hillbilly. So that's the... Uh, uh, thank you. Um, the news from deep inside the Republican Party is they can't govern. They can't govern the country. They can't govern themselves. They certainly can't be trusted to decide whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza. Emilio says, we all bring our own meat everywhere we go, do we not? I don't see where the surprise is. I mean, it's like that line from the fifth element. Are you human? No, I'm a meat popsicle. Annette sometimes identifies as a meat popsicle. Bless her heart, those days. Moms of labia asks Emilio with a little too much detail for do they shave all but a very narrow strip in the center? I want a toothbrush Brazilian. Emilio, stop that. Uh, members uh, of the Senate went to a briefing yesterday, Tuesday. And uh, it was closed door. And the purpose was to um, discuss President Biden's request for military aid to Israel and Ukraine. According to NBC News, it promptly went off the rails. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was there, Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, General Charles Q. Brown, Jr., Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
and the senators in attendance were invited to ask questions. And then, because it's a fetish object for them, the meeting went to pieces. Remember, this was about... Remember, remember this when they talk about how uh, devoted Republicans are uh, to Israel. This was a meeting about military aid to Israel and Ukraine. And the minute the floor was open to questions, the maggot senators started blathering on and on about the southern border. The NBC News story said GOP members in both chambers have demanded serious changes to immigration policy to address rising migrant crossings in exchange for passing new aid for Ukraine. They didn't like what they heard. Uh, uh, Lady G, precious Lindsay, said... Uh, there was a lot of tension in the room. While Josh Hall and Ass said, Chuck Schumer didn't want to talk about the border. God, he's so masculine, that, jo- that Josh Hall and Ass. Wasn't he butch when he was running for his life from, his, from the maggots? Kevin Kramer of North Dakota said, People got up and walked out because this was a waste of time. For his part, however, Chuck Schumer said that, and he must be rather used to this, I'm sorry to say. Chuck Schumer said the real problem came from uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch uh, McConnell. who hijacked the meeting and asked Senator James Lankford to talk about the border. According to Schumer, the first question, instead of asking our panelists, he called on Lankford to give a five-minute talk about the negotiations on the border. And that wasn't the purpose of the meeting at all. One of them them started, it was disrespectful, started screaming at one of the generals and challenging him as to why he didn't go to the border. Was that Mark Wayne Mullen? Did he want to go mano a mano with the general in a round of fisticuffs? Because little Mark Wayne, uh, thats I've been told that's his new rap name, uh, little Mark Wayne. Uh, he's a pugnacious little man. Yeah. Hope it doesn't hurt too little. This is a great place to live, says Cynthia of the Bay Area. I have no doubt that uh, Matt would agree wholeheartedly, native that he is. Everything I want and need is here. Most of the time, the weather's great, and while I've enjoyed visiting other areas and always found great stuff when I have, there's still no place like home. Amen to that. Here, here. Like I said, I... Part of why I just feel so generally crummy may be just the, the waning light. and the, Yesterday was just gray and wet, and I get miserably, you know, not freezing, but bone-chilling cold. 
where it's like it goes through you whether you whether you're bundled up or not. And I don't know. It, maybe maybe it's like that old uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs song. The color of the sky is gray. The color of the sky, as far as I can see, is coal gray. It's the most up-tempo song about being depressed that I think has ever been written. Uh, Democratic plant, Stephen New York says, clearly, had these maggots ever read anything, they'd know how bad we are at politics. If they want to spiral downward with paranoia and think we did it, we will take the credit. <laughs> yeah, it, right. It's like, it's like we'd have to, it's like we're good at something. Yeah. Oh, uh, a little, uh, little helpful advice from Brother Deacon. You feeling crummy? You need some horse paste, friend. Get to it. Yeah, a little, little, little aardvark antiviral on the gums, and I'll be good to go. Asa, by the way. Uh, also helping out this way, uh, for anyone who may be needing a gift for someone who has everything, uh, George Santos cameo clips are only 200 quid. Reasonable if you ask a brother deacon. I'm going to get him to do your updated intro. Brother deacon. <laughs> you know, it, it, it comes across like a joke, but I've learned over the years to... I don't want to say not trust, but by God, I bet he would. And wouldn't that be hilarious? You think he would say, uh, hi, this is George Anthony DeVolder, General George S. Patton Santos for us, Brother Deacon? <laughs> The litigation over the 14th Amendment and Trump's place on the ballot continues in Colorado. There, will, there were oral arguments today uh, um, in front of the Colorado Supreme Court. And the pettifogger appearing on Nitwit Nero's behalf was one Scott Gessler. And uh, the court put a question to Gessler, who had previously made the argument that the 14th Amendment doesn't apply to his client because Trump is not an officer of the United States. And the court said, wait a minute. How is it not absurd to say anybody who engaged in an insurrection can't serve an office who accept the president or a former president or a vice president or a former president? How is that not absurd? To which Gessler, noble pleader that he most surely must be, said, well, it's not beyond reason. 
Well, the framers could have wanted a, an insurrectionist to be able to be president. And the court was kind of having none of it and said, yeah, but do you really think the framers took a whole lot of comfort in the fact that the electors are going to protect us from an insurrectionist former president like Jefferson Davis? Ew. A direct comparison between Nitwit Nero and Jeff Davis. Of course, Jeff Davis got to live out the rest of his life in peace down at his brutal mansion, Bill Bill Reeve. Something like that. I I, I just remember it because it's right there as you go uh, as you go along Interstate Ten in Mississippi. There's historic. Uh, historic site signs directing you to it and it was there that senator mississippi senator cindy hyde smith was photographed wearing a confederate kepi uh, a kepi hat and toting a musket uh, yeah jefferson davis got to live out his life in peace and freedom may the same not be true of newt nero let me take you to the uh, whether the president's included in the 14th Amendment. And I'll ask you just a, sp- a specific question. Um, I'm a little surprised to not have heard on the intervener side and the amici on, on your side a real full-throated response to the absurdity doctrine argument. I mean, there's an argument here, and I'd like you to respond to it. Um, how is it not, and I'm not making fun of any of this, how is it not absurd to say, Anybody who engaged in insurrection can't serve an office who engage, except the president or a former president or a vice president or a former president. How is that not absurd? So the absurdity doctrine requires, and looking at sort of the Scalia-Garner definition, which is as probably the best out there, um, it has to sort of be beyond, a, beyond reason. It couldn't even be reasonable for the framers to take that approach. And here's the approach the framers took, and we have to look at the historical context as well. They said the presidency, remember, it's office under the United States, officer of the United States. So we're talking office under the United States, is protected through presidential electors, through presidential electors. So that's one protection. The second protection was... I'm sorry, before you go into the second, but do you really think the framers took a whole lot of comfort in the fact that the electors are going to protect us from an insurrectionist former president like a Jefferson Davis? Yes, and that's why they included them. Um, I got a feeling, I got a, I, we're just going to... There's going to be a lot of dumb shittery going around this. But the Colorado case seems to be the best brought one. Because even they, on the Supreme Court, seem to have at least a bit, they're, they're having a bit of a hard time just saying the law does not apply to Donald Trump. Recall that in the in the trial of the case, the trial judge said, oh, yeah, he's an insurrectionist. And basically twisted herself into a, a, a toxic jurisprudential pretzel 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he did. He started an insurrection. He encouraged the insurrection. He participated in the insurrection. But we're going to call it a political question and say he stays on the ballot anyway. The most fascinating aspect of this to me is the fact that Colorado's ballot has to be finalized by December the 5th. I mean, I'm sorry, January the 5th. January the 5th. And so that that leaves precious little time for the Supreme Court of Colorado to issue a decision in time for the Supreme Court of the United States to either agree to hear the case or reject the case. If they reject the case, it's easy. And whatever ruling Colorado presents stands, the Supreme Court thereof. If they accept the case, they're going to have to move with a degree of speed and alacrity that, one, I don't know our, if our most puissant dread sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties can do. But secondly... If they take the case, they'll probably fuck it up. That's a guess. That's not a certainty. And this case was scheduled back on November the 25th. So we get, you know, everybody has a right to notice, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you, how do you operate with anything regarding, you know, under the rules of civil procedure? Uh, how do you do that before the Supreme Court of the United States? Kevin in Colorado Springs says, uh, Absurdity Doctrine, uh, brought to you exclusively by the MAGA GOP. Yes, what a country. Oi, indeed, Kevin, indeed. Um, as to the Supreme Court, though, uh, Francis Wilkinson, uh, writing for Bloomberg, Pointed out, and I, I hope this wasn't wishful thinking. It seems like a pretty solid opinion. Uh, Francis Wilkinson is a former executive editor for The Week, a writer at Rolling Stone, and a columnist covering U.S. politics and policy for Bloomberg. And uh, he wrote today at Bloomberg.com that, uh, yeah, a lot of people are cynical about whether he'll ever be held accountable, nitwit Nero, for what he did. But the, 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 the conclusion that Wilkinson reached was that uh, uh, with the exception of Fappy Thomas and Sammy Badbreath, 
which he, uh, whose jurisprudence, he said, is often akin to a whiny segment on Fox and Friends, if Fox and Friends were filmed on a sofa aboard a yacht. Ow. Um, but he said the other four Republicans really have no incentive to tank uh, what's left of the court's reputation in favor of Julius Geezer. And went so far to say, and I like this language because it's true, in its current polarized state, the U.S. is governed by eight unelected right-wing activists working in concert with six unelected jurists on the high court. That would be your uh, Lili and Har-Hars of the world working with Fap-Fap and Ali Ali Oxenfried. And Jin Jin, don't forget Jin Jin. Our bet has not yet been called regarding uh, co-conspirator number six, has it? I try to keep up, with, uh, but I haven't, no. I still think it's it might be Jin Jin. So Wilkinson went on and said, here's how a bill becomes a law in 2023. A right-wing activist or a MAGA state office holder files a lawsuit, often in Texas, where judge shopping has become as common among conservatives as a trip to Hobby Lobby. How? After the ruling is handed down, the loser appeals to the far-right Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. From there, it's just a skip and a jump to the Supreme Court in Washington, where six judges craft the conservative legislation that will bind the entire nation. Does the federal government, under the direction of the Democratic president, really have the power to enforce its own rules? The conservative justices will decide. But then this. The fastest way for Chief Justice John Roberts and company to become irrelevant is for their quasi-kingship to be supplanted by a MAGA dictatorship. Unlike, say, House Speaker Mike Johnson, a white Christian nationalist who would gain real power as Trump's handyman in Congress, there isn't much in it for the justices. After all, what use would Trump, unleashed in a second term, have for a Supreme Court? What does God need with a starship? There's our obligatory Star Trek reference. No longer constrained by rule of law rhinos, the unfettered MAGA king would be the ultimate decider. The conservative court would become a MAGA appendix. The court would only be noticed if it caused a problem, and the problem or problems could be removed with the help of allies such as Johnson. It seems that only one of Trump's criminal trials, his indictment on efforts to overthrow the government leading to the January 6th attack on the Capitol, will produce a verdict in 2024. Trump will no doubt appeal a conviction. By upholding the rule of law in the case, the justices can have their constitutional cake and eat it. They can be public champions of the law while entrenching their own sketchy power. This is likely an especially appealing combo for the three justices appointed by Trump. Forever tainted by association with a lawless demagogue, they would have another opportunity to scrub the stain as they did when they rejected Trump's false claims about the 2020 election. And then this is his conclusion, Francis Wilkinson's. Ultimately, Trump could be done in by the conservative justices hewing to the rule of law. Or, could he, or he could be undone by their ambition for power, which competes with his. It's hard to imagine why they would choose to bury both the Constitution and their impressive new powers in the MAGA dumpster. 
And that's a fair, that's a logical, well-reasoned analysis. It does, however, presuppose Supreme Court justices acting in their own self-interest. The question becomes what what they're because remember like ah well Fappy Thomas Fappy is a is is the world's first uh, at least known of human timeshare with multiple billionaires owning part of him for part of the time. And that's that's really the rub, you know. So we'll see. Um, some much needed levity from Stephen New York. Question: What do you call the winner of the Alabama TTUN game? Answer: Alabama. I, <laughs> this controversy will not go away. Uh, but it, it seems fairly plain to me why they did it. The selection committee did it the way they did. Because if Bama beats Michigan and Texas beats Washington, it sets up Alabama versus Texas. Texas goes into the SEC. No, Texas is not it already in. I, no. That's next year. But that way, if Bama beats Texas, it will avenge or assuage the loss they had early in the season and prove that, yes, indeed, they are, in fact, the best team in the country. It's an imperfect system, and I'll be glad, I'll be glad when we're shed of it. And, the tw- you know, the 12-team playoff looks like it could be really interesting next year. Oh, and uh, again, thank you to Deb for getting us down to uh, 470. Uh, that's the fundraising goal this evening. Uh, and by the way, podcast uh, members of the community, please like and subscribe. Just mash the button. It helps. But if anybody wants to jump in and maybe knock down Tuesday, um, basically... Uh, Two hundred and seventy bucks does that. Ten people at twenty-seven dollars. Twenty-seven people at ten, etc. And it all really does help. It does. And you remember earlier in the program and in earlier programs, I've repeatedly pointed out that there's a steady, steady drip, drip, drip of really. Terrifying and generally hideous, awful information coming out about Mullah Mike. Uh, here we are again. Um, his his ego and his delusions run far deeper than we thought, and we thought they went pretty damn deep. 
well, there's a sub-basement. And there's a trap over in the sub-basement basement to the sub-sub-basement. Last night, and we talked about this previously, the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, the NACL, had their gala fet at that dodgy, skeevy museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., because no self-respecting church would let them meet there. Too many possibilities of, you know, herp- uh, uh, herpetological worship. So again, they, they met at the Museum of the Bible. And the keynote speaker was, of course, Mullah Mike. But there were a lot of other, I mean, these are some scary-ass theocrats. And the best part is Mullah Mike thought there weren't going to be any, uh, well, media there. And that's when these people tend to open up. And that's, you know, they let their hair down and speak freely. And when they speak freely, it's scary. Because these are people who believe in stoning people to death. And not just any people. Your humble hostess, among others. So thinking that he was not being in any wise recorded or having his remarks noted for posterity, Mullah Mike, uh, in reporting by Rolling Stone, said, uh, Look, I'm a Southern Baptist. I don't want to get too spooky on you. And the crowd went, ha, 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 ha. But you know... The Lord speaks to your heart. And uh, he was apparently oblivious to the fact that the knackle was recording it and streaming it to their own Facebook page. Yeah. You know, the Lord speaks to your heart. I'll tell you a secret, since media is not here. Thank you for not allowing the media in. Reporters been quoting me out of context with great joy for the last few weeks. When a Republican, especially an evangelical fundamentalist Republican, says he's been quoted out of context, it usually means he's been caught speaking the nastiness that lives in his heart so he said of his ascension to the speakership the Lord began to wake me up through this three week process in the middle of the night to speak to me now at the time wow Full cultural appropriation going on here and for anybody keeping score. Uh, now, at the time, 
I assume the Lord is going to choose a new Moses. But the president's it, 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 it is, it, the speakership is just a few heartbeats away from the presidency. But I, well, I told God, you're going to allow me to be Aaron to Moses. But no, it didn't quite work out that way. Ultimately, 13 people ran for the post, and the Lord kept telling me to wait, wait, wait. I waited, and then at the end, the Lord said, Now step forward. And so, turns out he's Moses after all, I guess. Moses, Moses, Moses. Who is this Moses? I'm thinking this Moses shall have been a fool. Love that line from the king and I. Yeah, he thinks he's Moses, y'all. The speak. I mean, let's say this real plain like. The speaker of the house thinks he's Moses. The speaker of the house hears voices he thinks is the voice of God. And the Speaker of the House probably needs some pretty heavy psycho, uh, psychoactive psych, psychiatric medication. But I know how this is going to play out, and you know how this is going to play out, right? There will be headlines like this. Mullah Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, admits to hearing voices... And the rejoinder will be what is known as the Mike Pencil Neck Geek Defense, in which he says, You're persecuting me for being a Christian. No, Mike, we're talking about the fact that you hear voices, buddy, and that you think it's the voice of God. When it might be the devil. Or maybe no voice at all, because hearing voices is usually a sign, Mullah Mike, of not being particularly healthy in your mental state. Not being particularly behaviorally healthy. And then, uh, and then it chastened, uh, the media will run and hide under the bed. You know, kind of like Appalachian Power does whenever there's thunder nearby. Uh, back to Fappy the Timeshare. Steve notes. I, Fappy the Timeshare. It's a timeshare we simply can't get out of. And wouldn't we like to? Uh... Uh, so I'm talking about uh, Mullah Mike there and Cynthia's right there. And I was just going to say, we have drugs for that. I, I wonder, you know, 
What do you think would happen to someone like Mullah Mike or Mike Pencil Neck Geek if they got effective psychiatric meds and stopped hearing all those voices? Of course, he probably doesn't hear voices. And this is where the charlatanism comes in, the hucksterism, the snake oil. He says that. It's, it's coded language. And it's coded language with which I am familiar because I grew up hearing it. Now, sometimes in order to try to diffuse the obvious concern of people, some people, some people, uh, might have upon hearing someone say they're hearing voices. Some some divines, some gospel sharps, will say that the Lord put a burden on my heart. We've heard that, haven't we? He did. They put a burden on my heart. But eventually, they 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 they'll 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 break character and say, and then he told me, wait. Wait, wait. And in Casablanca, they wait and wait and wait. Lord, put burden on the heart to be speaker. Mm -hmm. The guy, his heart beats away from the presidency. It's true. And if anything, and, and, you know, the whole business of, you know, I consider Obergefell to be settled law. He's a lawyer, and he knows what the Supreme Court is, and he would be the happiest man in America if Obergefell was turned overturned, or Bostock. Or Chris Walt versus Connecticut. He's not going to be happy until every woman in America is forced to give birth practically every time she has sex. Because that's what sex is for. It's not. If you're enjoying it, you're doing it sinfully. Do you ever get the cold chills just thinking about a second Trump term and a maggot House and a maggot Senate? I'm not talking about Republican. I mean, full-on maggot. I mean, I'm going. To, the junior senator from West Virginia will soon be a septuagenarian who is a maggot who is richer by far than uh, his own orange god emperor. Talking about make West Virginia great big old governor Jim Justice. And then we will find out how much of a Democrat Joe Manchin actually was. Oh, and uh, Lou in PA says, uh, have you noticed how biased the referees are vis-a-vis -vis Penn State? Well, I don't know. Every time I've ever watched Penn State uh, play, say, my beloved Mountaineers, Lou, uh, Seems like they get all the calls. Penn State, they, they all go all uh, Penn State's way. 
Um, and uh, Lou also asking, uh, did I really hear that DeSantos is threatening to sue the CFB or NCAA over Florida State, but happily not the Florida Gators. No, he's not going to sue Florida State. He's going to sue on their behalf, they say, because they don't like the selection process. I'm going to have to move pretty quick, stop that game, or get Florida State in. Well, I don't know, maybe give Michigan a bye and let the other four teams play and then have a second round, judicially uh, mandated. Wouldn't it be hilarious to have that come out of Florida along with Bush v. Gore? Cynthia noting, full-on maggot is full-on Nazi Germany here. Scares the shit out of me. Yes. And not engaging in the trauma Olympics or anything, Cynthia. You're in a wonderful place that's about as safe as anywhere in the United States for us, women like us. Imagine, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm pre-traumatized to, for, for easy triggering because the West Virginia legislature will be coming into session in a couple of months, and God only knows what kinds of vulgar, hateful deviltry they have up their sleeves. So we're coming on to the season of do I stay or do I go now for me. And it's horrifying. Full-on maggot is full-on Nazi Germany here. Scares the shit out of me. Same, same, sis. And... Uh, Oh, this is sweet. That's going to turn out to be a pun. I'll warn you in advance. Uh, This is via Steve in New York to uh, get us down to uh, under, well, uh, get us down to uh, 395. A $75 challenge. Out of my hometown, Dayton, Ohio, says Steve, from Esther Price, a uh, chocolatier, a box of chocolate-covered sea salt caramels, dark or milk. Darlene can witness how good these are. It is, after all, prayer meeting Wednesday. Testify, Darlene. Testify, sister. Uh, Cashew brittle, chocolate-covered potato chips, milk or dark, and chocolate-covered bourbon cherries, milk or dark. Oh, wow. So any one of those three... Uh, in exchange for a $75 contribution. Thank you, Steve. God, the chocolate-covered potato chips. Yeah, dark, pl- yeah, oh, wow. You know, for a few years there, I think it was Lay's that was putting out dark chocolate-covered potato chips, and I was finding them every winter about this time of year at uh, my local Wally World. And then, no. And I... That's all, that's all pre-pandemic, of course, so we'll just say, um, you know, we'll say um, supply chain issues. 
But no, they disappeared long before the pandemic. I miss them. Good point, Cynthia. In a Trump dictatorship, would we be safe anywhere? Were the Jews safe anywhere in Nazi Germany? I don't think so. I agree. And, you know, Project 2025 is hair-raising. Terrifying. And they're saying it out loud. Uh, Cash Patel. He's a maggot. He was uh, uh, in the counterterrorism department on the National Security Council for Nitwit Nero. And he said with the Trump second term, we will go out and find the conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. We're going to come after you, whether it's criminally or civilly. We'll figure that out. So after Cash Patel said that to, of course, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, uh, the New York Times asked his spokes creep, Erica Knight, And she sent back a statement from Cash Patel. When President Trump takes office in 2025, we will prosecute anyone that broke the law and end the weaponized two-tier system of government. He means it. Nitwit Nero means it. Since at least uh, 2018... He's been referring to the media, the only profession mentioned in the Constitution of the United States, as the enemy of the people. It was 2018, you'll recall, when uh, a Donald Trump superfan sent 16 pipe bombs to CNN offices and prominent Democrats. He eventually got 20 years in federal stir. That's what's at stake. You know, when he says, if they can come for me, they can come for you. What that actually means is he's coming for us. And by us, I mean anyone who isn't a maggot. Cynthia is, Cynthia is 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 correct in her analysis because holocausts start small. Holocausts start with marginalized communities too small to fight back and easily demonized. The Nazi, the Nazis started. with such a group the queer community and then they moved on to 
people deemed imperfect of body, people deemed to be unsound of mind. Again, small groups easily demonized and unable to defend themselves. People from outside of mainstream society, the Roma, and eventually trade unionists, socialists. Remember, uh, after the Reichstag fire, Hitler declared, Das ist die Arbeit von Kommunisten. This is the work of communists. It wasn't. And then the Jews. We are in. We are in it now. We're in the telling us out loud what they're going to do part now. And they are mobilizing They're jackbooted thugs. You know, looked at from a distance, all the mass shootings and the like, feel like they, they're actually elements of... Uh, A larger war. The NRA's roulette wheel of death stopped in Las Vegas today. At least three victims in a shooting at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas campus. The suspect is dead. It is at present unknown whether any of the victims were killed or merely maimed. Merely. A number of victims have been transported to area hospitals, uh, Las Vegas Metro Police said. No word on motive. Noon local time is when the news broke that there was an active shooter on campus. It was near a business school building. The university said, this is not a test, run, hide, fight. SWAT team showed up. Vincent Perez, who teaches English at UNLV, said uh, to MSNBC that he heard repeated shots and what sounded like a high-powered weapon just echoing, echoing in a way that makes you realize this is somebody out to kill people. That sounds very AR-15 to me. And we'll have another one soon enough. Too soon. And there was a 
a grim number that arrived over the past weekend. Uh, last Sunday, in Texas and Washington, there were mass shootings. They were the 37th and 38th shootings this year in which four or more victims were killed. And that is the highest number of mass shootings in the United States, dot, 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 since 2006. The previous record was last year at 36. A guy in Dallas who was supposed to be on home confinement walked into a house and shot people. He killed a toddler and three adults. Took off in a stolen car and eventually uh, self-executed after a police chase. And in a suburb of Vancouver, Washington, there was what police are saying was probably a murder-suicide. Jesus. 38. Uh, Thomas Abt, founding director of the Center for the Study and Practice of Violence Reduction, also at the, a, a scholar at the University of Maryland, said it's a tragic, shameful milestone that should but probably will not serve as a wake-up call. The rise in mass shootings is driven by many factors, but increasingly access, increasingly easy access to fire, firearms is the primary cause James Allen Fox said mass killings are not an epidemic, but the tip of the gun violence iceberg. And according to this uh, article from the Washington Post, more than 48,000 people died of gunshot wounds in 2022 alone. It's about 132 deaths per day. More than half of them were suicides. But, of course, feed them! Yeah. Uh, let's see here. A few messages rolling in. Arnold says, uh, I'm not positive about Las Vegas, but two dead plus the shooter, total of three. I was on the scanner. And there were reports of a second shooter, which was uh, doors being breached, not gunfire. But they know that people are listening on scanners now, so traffic has changed. Well, nothing's going to be done. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, Cash Patel and Stephen Miller, Stephen New York offers up, do either of them understand that a truly white supremacist administration will come after them 
Uh, no, no, because they are dedicated members of the Leopards Eating People's Faces Party, Steve. And one of the key tenets of the Leopards Eating People's Faces Party is that members of the Leopards Eating People's Faces Party are always surprised when leopards eat their faces. Oh, and uh, offering up the testimonial that uh, Steve in New York suggested, uh, Darlene said of the Esther Price chocolates, all good, drooling. I don't know which, that list, I don't know which one I would not choose. I mean, the chocolate-covered sea salt, the caramels, yes. If it comes down to a, a, a choice, it, yeah, it would be the chocolate-covered bourbon cherries in dark, the chocolate-covered potato chips in dark, and the sea salt caramels in dark. But Darlene says, yes, all good, drooling. So for, for just a $75 contribution... Use the PayPal uh, button at headon.live. Steve will provide you with your choice of those. I merely need your name and mailing address and your preferences. And you're going to enjoy them. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, yeah, there it is. Oh, my goodness. Lou says, uh, nah, the refs do whatever they can to hobble Penn State. Oh, please. Lou, you're not a you're not you're not a PSU tanky, are you? I can at least admit when the Mountaineers suck. I'm playing. Uh, now here it is. Florida Governor Ron Monkey up DeClantis wants a million dollars for Florida State to sue the CFP committee over the snub. Oh my! Is this going to... Monkey up. The picture of you in those precious white go-go boots is never going to go-go away. Next thing you know, he'll be doing the tomahawk chop. (sighs) And what? We've got another maggot debate and this is supposed to be the rumble in the jungle between Nimrata who is being hailed for her I'm not kidding foreign policy chops and monkey up who has apparently monkeyed up his own campaign uh (laughs) Comer Pyle by the way, that name's getting some traffic. Brother Deacon Asa told me, I don't know if he came up with that himself or if someone came up with it, but it's beginning to move around. I think it's, I think it's been heard on uh, Stephanie's show now. Comer Pyle is now threatening to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. He said, Hunter Spence was subpoenaed. We expect him to show up. They don't get to make the ruse. 
I would expect Congress to hold the president's son in contempt. And uh, Abby Lowell is standing on Comer Pyle's neck and not letting up. Um, in describing his client's willingness to testify publicly, he said of Comer Pyle, Abby Lowell did, he's making this choice because the committee has demonstrated time and again it uses closed-door sessions to manipulate, even distort the facts, and misinform the American public. A hearing would ensure transparency and truth in these proceedings. And uh, I, I really, I really do think uh, I think Comer Piles brought a a, a Plato gun up against a guy with a howitzer. Uh, let's uh, let's run over to the stress line. See what we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. Hey, Dave. How are you? Well, no, I am able to hold food down. I went to. I got plenty of food in the fridge, so my grocery shopping was mostly for finger food, snacks, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm able to hold stuff down, so that's the good news. Well, that's all, you know, we'll take our Christmas miracles where they come. And, uh, by the way, my dad went to UNLV. I'm just... When are people going to stop this shit? We could stop this tomorrow. We regulate everything in this country. Mm-hmm. We regulate uh, telecommunication. We regulate food. We regulate interstate commerce. Uh, interstate commerce. We even have regulations in the military, Robin. Not Believe the military, not. Dave. Not the military. Yeah, well, yes, ma'am. I know it's a surprise. There it is. Uh, and, you know, they automatically believe that they're part of a militia the minute they walk in to, you know, to Bob uh, Ammo Bunker to buy their freedom protector. And uh, that's not true. They, the language of the 18th century, a well-regulated militia had a legal meaning. And that was that counties could raise a local militia unit to take care of local problems. Like if there was a security issue or there was an attack. Not everyone was allowed to carry weapons well, I mean that, that goes that goes back to the yeah. argument that I've been making all along, Dave. If we're going to talk about 18th century law and 18th century language, keep and bear 
And remember, we're talking about people who were you know, real knowers of art, practitioners of the art of word knowing, like Madison, Hamilton, Franklin. Keep and bear is bailment language from oldie English common law. And own was also a word then. Keep and bear is in the Second Amendment because the framers specifically did not want to use the word own. And I'm not barking at you. You know that. No, I I know. I don't don't, don't understand why that is said. Well, I do understand. The gun humpers don't know that because they don't want to know that because they refuse to know that. One of the one of, if you want more information on what life was like for a Revolutionary War soldier, I recommend John Townsend's uh, YouTube channel. He has a shop here in Indiana called Townsend and Sons. His father founded the company and they sell books and reproductions of uh, 18th century equipment. They provided the mess kit in the movie Glory. Uh, things like that. And John does what life was like in 18th century America. He does a cooking show on uh, Colton. Well, it's not necessarily just a cooking show, but the Nutmeg Tavern where his viewers come on and they talk about um, holidays and things like that. And uh, he's a really knowledgeable guy. Figgy puddings and, he's and the apolitical. like. Right. And and he he's really apolitical except to talk about what government was like at the time in the colonies and in the early American experiment. Well you're getting agreement you're, you're getting You're getting agreement from Brother Deacon Asa who said uh, I watch it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I learned stuff, and I'm pretty deep in the weeds on this stuff. He showed how they set up uh, fish traps on the Wabash River and stuff like that to provide food for the community. Um, You know, none of this, well, he can't afford it, so he's got to starve shit. No, none of that. Uh, but here was the point. There, there are several uh, live-action interpretations in Indiana. One of the earliest ones that started in the 60s was a place called Connor Prairie, where they talk about life in a small Indiana town in the 19th century. Uh, as a kid, I would go and sit in the schoolhouse and hold a horn book. I didn't know what a horn book was until I was eight years old. But I bought well, my triggered. first jaw heart. I'm there. triggered. 
I know what a horn. I know what a horn book is. Well, for those of you who don't know, it's a piece of paper on on a board, and it's adhered in place by a uh, melted uh, cow's horn or ox horn. Yeah, and it's used so that. Kids can learn their numbers and their alphabets and maybe some Bible verses while they're learning to read. Um, stuff like that. Um, but he, this movement is spread so that you have interpreters at Mount Vernon, for example. And he was interviewing a woman who plays it three different enslaved women on George Washington's plantation. And uh, she said that a, a black guest started yelling at her about uh, playing the subservient, and she broke character and said, Every one of these women is a real was a real person, and I am interpreting their life at the time. And she she was talking about what it meant to do that. And there was a cooking segment where the people at Mount Vernon decided to. Teach John how to make a uh, a drink that was what the high schoolers and planters would have had at their table. And George Washington and Monica had served it. It was called Orange Fool. Yes. And the maggots went nuts drinking that their god emperor was being made fun of. And John went on his channel and said, and he was angry, absolutely furious. He said, I keep this channel apolitical. I might talk about politics at the time, where the corruption was. I didn't realize, for example, that the dollar was more than the dollar, there were several dollars. And it was based on crops or fish. You had corn dollars, you had tobacco. Right, and we can we can recognize that in the modern era by the petrodollar. Right, and and they would post the the conversion rates in the papers. So if you needed to convert corn dollars to tobacco dollars for a transaction, you'd look it up in the paper, you'd both agree to a price, and, and that sort of thing. And that's the kind of thing that Mega, you know, Mullah Mike is trying to get back to. Because he doesn't like a good currency. Uh, gold. The British government. No, I'm, I'm sure he's a gold. gold yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's a gold bug, 
Mala Mike, but it, you know, there's gold and there's gold. But if he if he want if he wants the king, the 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 British Parliament banned gold coinage in the colonies uh, because they did not want gold coming out of England into the colonies where the colonies became power. They had to pay their taxes in silver or trade goods. And these maggots seem to think that all things were better, you know, in the early Americas. They weren't. Uh, we were an economic uh, catastrophe at the end of the revolution. Uh, you had Spanish currency was actually one of the strongest currencies in the United States. Right, because they had vast uh, access to vast stores of silver in, uh, and, in, in, in their within their empire and in their colonies that they exploited they exploited ruthlessly and and so when they're talking about a well-regulated militia getting back to the second amendment they're talking about a structured military unit that could be called up in an emergency they were required to drill a couple times a month, usually. Uh, you had to own your weapon or have access to it. That's why Lexington and Concord happened. Yes. The, uh, Amer- the Americans had formed a uh, armory where they could collect the powder, the shot, the weapons. Because your basic shopkeeper wasn't going to be toting around a uh, musket or a, he might have had a. a, I mean, a you, you wonder. You wonder sometimes. You wonder sometimes if some of these people have ever actually handled as an 18th century firearm. You, know, you, t- you talk about shop. Shops, you talk. Or, yeah, you talk about shopkeepers toting toting weaponry. Yeah, t- going going to going to open your butcher's shop or your general store, uh, you know, along the riverfront in Philadelphia or some such, or in Boston, whatever, New York, and toting a weapon like that, and the balls, and the powder, and the patches, and the flints or the caps, you know, what I'm not sure when, um, but you get the idea. You're that, talking about 25 to 30 pounds of equipment just in that. Yeah. The powder, the shot, and the, and the, uh, and the musket. Uh, when I was in the Boy Scouts, one of the scoutmasters was a DNR officer. Uh, he, he worked for the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. But his hobby was building black powder rifles and he built a Kentucky rifle and he was pretty good with it and they were slow to load they were heavy 
and they kicked like a $20 mule. And they could, they could dislocate your shoulder if you weren't holding it right. So you had to be trained to use it. So all this stuff of, well, you could just go in and get it and then shoot them off uh, a bunch of stuff from a hotel window and kill 60 people and injure 400, yahoo. But until he did that, he was a lawful gun owner. Now, even dead, fat, fat dead Tony Scalia said there were early cases where you could not tote around a weapon that was obvious for intimidation. And he talked about a case where a man argued before the court, or his petty fathers did, and he had the right to carry a battle axe in town. Now, nobody in their right mind is going to allow that. Um, you might get a couple of militiamen called out on you for toting that around town. Right. It wasn't until... Uh, it wasn't until uh, Mike Dukakis repealed law that Indians could not be in the uh, in the town of Boston without being escorted by two musketeers. I'm going to avoid the easy and obvious question of not three. Huh. No, no, I said I'm not. You said two musketeers, and I said not three. <sighs> Never mind. Uh, no, no, not three, and 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 not four, unless there were two of you. So, yeah. Also, he repealed the law that forbid cohabitation. So, not that anybody was enforcing it. So. But I, I remember during the campaign, they brought up that then how Native Americans were allowed in Boston without without fear of arrest. Yeah, but these guys, I mean, you know, they like, well, the framers did this and the framers did that, and they did no such thing, you know. No, because they make it up as they go along. You know that's that's been that's been my eternal critique of so-called originalism. It it's a fraud, pure and simple. But Robin today is in the Catholic Church is celebrated the. Feast of St. Nicholas. I didn't know that. Uh, the, the, the patron saint of children, unmarried women, sailors, things like that. And uh, I find it ironic that such violence would occur on a day that people celebrate a decent man who try to help people. The, the thing, and I'm talking about the historic St. Nicholas, not the 
red shoes. No, no, I know. Yeah. Advertisement I've had. Uh, as a matter of fact, Clement Moore was kind of ashamed of the, his poem because he felt it took away from uh, focusing on the story of Christmas itself. So, but I, I love the poem anyway. Oh, sure. I mean, so, it's charming. The, the, the dear reverend can be forgiven. I think so. Hey, um, Dave, I, I hate to interrupt, but I'm going to have to I'm going to have to roll because my Internet here has crashed. So we're not even going out into the wider world. All right. Uh, Take care. Dear. But it's been it's been lovely talking to you and I'm glad you're feeling better. Just go, you know, be gentle with yourself. And slowly get back into I'm your... not. I'm not taking it too quickly. I'll, I'll take care of myself. I promise. Please do. Please do. I'll talk to you later, Robin. Okie doke. You take care, Dave. Bye now. Bye. So, the only way you're going to hear this is uh, if you're listening to the podcast. But uh, Chantel crashed at about 6.59 p.m. my time. And it's going to require a reboot and a little talky talk with um, technical support. So that's pretty much the program for this Wednesday. Thank you. Thanks for t- spending your time. And thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to uh, uh, Deb jumping in this evening. Uh, Steve's, uh, Steve's chocolate challenge is on the table if anyone wants to take advantage of that. Um, thanks to uh, each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose thanks to our all volunteer staff thank you Roger in the chat room thank you to our news ninjas thank you brother Deacon Asa head on dot live back tomorrow fingers crossed Um, let me see here huh well They apparently fixed it without me having to call tech support. So, well, the ending was premature, but it may as well be anyhow. Because usually when this happens, it happens again and again and again and again. Um, So, you know what? Hate to do it, but we'll knock off an hour short. And that's the only way to guarantee that Chantel will not crash again, is if I'm not behind a hot microphone. I don't want to. I no. I'm, hmm, I think we got to do this. I mean, it's the story of the day, and we all know now what Nitwit Nero said to that life support system for a haircut. The dumbest man in media, the Hannity job, asking uh, asking Nitwit Nero uh, if he was a dictator. I rose this morning to uh I rose this morning to find the morning MSNBC morning zoo crew having a hissy. Apparently no one was happy with the dumbest man in mass media. We'll start though with the man who looks like rancid hot, how rancid hot dog water smells. Steve Bannon barking and grunting about Hannity's question. 
Murdoch's a moron. Murdoch's, Murdoch so missed what happened in 15 and 16. He was ordering nails to do this stuff. He came to the White House. He's not a bright guy. He's not a bright guy. He's kind of a nepo because his, his, his father, had they had money. The Lachlan sons Murdoch. are the biggest mortars in the world. Untethered with, with ales gone, this is truly Steve, a TV for stupid people. Sean Hannity actually thought he was helping Trump last night. Let me ask you a question. Will you be a dictator? Trump gives a full heckle. And here's what I love. The audience gets it. They're laughing. By the way, Sean, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at this. I'm not so sure they were laughing at Sean. Because his base is, you know, Dunning-Kruger and lower. They were laughing because they look forward to it. They want the purge. They want blood in the streets. They crave it. They'll lick it off the asphalt, the maggots. But pointing out the audience reaction is something we've been kind of good at for a long time. And, well, lo and behold, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells has figured it out, too. But none of these people can go very long without engaging in... um, Eliminationism. This clip is no different. This stupid, ridiculous question. Of course, Trump's not a dictator. It's absurd on the face of even to consider, even to ask that question that Morning Joe and those guys can cut the clips on shows you're an idiot. And we don't have time for idiots, bro. This is a this is a war. OK, this is a war. We don't have time for a sunshine. I mean, I, I, I got to point out that. Um, Sean, the Hannity job can probably buy Steve Bannon for what he thinks he's worth, sell him for what he's actually worth, and never count the loss. But here we are. That's not the measure of worth. But notice, notice the war reference. This is a this is a war. Okay, this is a war. We don't have time for a sunshine patriots in this nonsense. And don't carry the water for the Murdochs and don't carry the water for the left. And if you don't say, well, I'm the biggest little Trump thing, you're carrying the water. Whoever, it is disgusting that you ask that question. Let me be blunt. It's disgusting you ask that question. But then when Trump heckles you, that's a heckle, bro. And when the audience has a belly laugh and they're laughing and at you, it wasn't a heckle. You come back and ask it again. How dumb are you? It's this is absurd. This is this is real life. We're playing for keeps here, dude. We don't care about your twenty-five million dollar contract. We're playing for keeps. This is war. War. And you're just not good enough. And you're just not smart enough. And I've been adamantly opposed since Murdoch is all they're doing is pushing Nikki Haley. They push Yunkin. They push DeSantis. It is the neoliberal neocon with Karl Rove and that whole crowd. Neoliberal. And no, dude, but flipping a little bit and Laura Ingram flipping a little bit. No, it's not good enough. We saw where you guys were. We saw where you guys were. We saw who got in the trenches, who helped the president turn this thing around. It's absurd. You're carrying the water for our enemies. Don't you get that? And don't you get it when, when the guy heckles you and, and the audience laughs in your face? Maybe that's the time to write down that number two pencil. Maybe I shouldn't go again and ask it again. He gave you a freaking answer. And the audience backed him up in the answer. Full stop. That's all you need. Move on to the next thing. 
Ugh. Obscene. <laughs> An obscenity. Really? My goodness gracious. Methinks she doth protest too much. He's a fascist. He hates it when people get close to recognizing what fascists do. There's a reason Cynthia's scared. There's a reason I'm scared. There's a reason a lot of people are scared. Because they're real. They're fascists. They're bloody-minded and hope soon to be bloody-handed. But you, you can tell he, he really wants a $25 million contract with Fox. Whew. And of course, he has a vested interest in Trump getting back in. He needs another pardon. Uh, but yes, yes, uh, the Morning Zoo crew there at MSNBC uh, did get rather distraught, and rightfully so. The only person, the only people who aren't distraught about a guy saying he's going to be a dictator on day one are the people who want him to be a dictator on day one. Trump told the Iowa audience he would not be a dictator except for on his first day in office. I want to be very, very clear on this. To be clear, do you in any way have any plans whatsoever, if reelected president, to abuse power, to break the law, to use the government to go after people? You mean like they're using right now. So in the history of our country. I mean, you see how it begins. With an outright falsehood, fascist leaders lie. What's happened to us, again, has never happened before. Over nonsense, over nothing, made up charges. I often say Al Capone, he was one of the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. He was a... I mean, okay. He's not all right. You know, he's playing his little invisible accordion there, the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. I mean, he just compared himself to Al Capone. Mob boss, the likes of which Scarface, they call him. And he got indicted once. I got indicted four times. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, that's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not, oh, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, I <laughs> love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. It's kind of like that. Believe him. We talked about this. We talked about this. Remember the answer we talked about, and Donald Trump doesn't do it. He had previous interview members said, you didn't take all those documents back to your beach club. I did, and I had the right to do it. And Hannity kind of <laughs> droops his head. But the point is, again, he's saying now just explicitly, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff on day one, and if anybody believes it's going to end in day one, I've got a bridge to sell you across the river here. So this yeah. is what we're hearing from Donald Trump more and more, and it's the reason we're hearing more and more from Joe Biden about the dangers of a potential second term. Well, I mean, Willie, think about it. If any other politician in American history were asked the question, are you going to be a dictator? <laughs> no. 
Donald Trump never answered it. He never answered it. And the, when he said, and I just want, there, there's a sickness. There is a sickness among, unfortunately, some of our fellow Americans regarding authoritarianism and totalitarianism. They want it because, mm-hmm. Willie, when he promised that he would be a dictator on day one, he got applause. Well, and that's even on before, Fox News. Even and before there's he a t- lot of people watching. Even before right on board. he talked, even before he talked about the border, which a majority of Americans would support closing the border today, probably an overwhelming majority, are drilling. By the way, what a stupid thing to say. Drill, drill, drill. What a stupid thing to say. You can tell he doesn't even read the newspapers and the people applauding that don't even read the newspapers. U.S. oil production. Yep. Record highs. We are drilling more and producing more oil, whether you like it or not. We are, we are drilling more oil now than the Saudis getting more oil out of the ground than the Saudis, getting more oil out of the ground than Russia. What are you going to drill, your teeth? We're already doing it. Like, But that just shows, Willie, how Wait, stupid huh? he is. And I've got to say, people who ab- applaud, drill, 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 how stupid they are, because that's what we're doing right now. In fact, record. Like, Biden's administration, I know a lot of people on the left aren't going to like this. They're... Like their their presidency is seeing more oil production than any other presidency in U.S. history. And yet they applaud drill, drill, drill. They also could be victims of a cult like personality. Burn, burn, burn. Listen, this is this is this is by the way, it's not good for America. There's a personality cult. It's very bad for America. And make no mistake of it. A large chunk of those people in that audience cheering when Donald Trump said, I'll be a dictator on day one. Well, they want that. Yeah, there's, I mean. And and, uh, that's the point. The only people who like it are the people who want it. Now, take that in conjunction with Mullah Mike standing in front of a gang of floor rollers and oil anointers and tongue speakers and serpent handlers. Telling them that he's Moses. And honest to God, it does not take a Mercator projection to realize where we're headed if we don't nip this shit in the bud. Toot sweet, y'all. Uh, Arnold pointing out, you will not hear this on any right-wing media in any way. I've been driven completely crazy by right-wing propaganda. In fact, I would bet money it's the exact opposite, based on what I've been seeing online. Not sure specifically what you're referring to, Arnold, but just on general principle, you're not wrong. They never smarten up the chumps. They have The the, the right-wing media machines have internalized W.C. Fields' third commandment all the way down to their toenails. Don't smarten up a chump. But you know how we were talking about they can't 
the, the paranoia is getting to them and they can't govern. Well, Nancy Mace, who may soon, who may next year become a former member of Congress, uh, is uh, you know she's feeling the wrath because she was one of the mutineers who uh, made poor Kevers McCarthy be all butt hurt. Well, Nancy Mace's staff is absolutely a blazing dumpster fire. She's uh, she's got senior staffers quitting on her. Uh, people have been fired, and now people are speaking out about the toxic work environment that she creates. Her three senior staffers, and this is uh, Reese Gorman, a congressional reporter. Her three senior staffers include her former chief of staff, Dan Hanlon, who was fired on Friday, her deputy chief of staff, Richard Chalky, who resigned, and her legislative director, Randall Meyer, who resigned effective the end of the month. Now, before you start worrying about their well-being, remember, these are people who are willing to work for a maggot. The source claimed that working in Mace's office is a toxic work environment and there could potentially be complete staff turnover by January. One source with direct knowledge of the matter said Hanlon took the popcorn machine on his way out. Yes, there was a popcorn machine in Nancy Mace's office because uh, members of Congress like to have kitschy little stuff. Uh, I I think it was uh, Senator Lamar Alexander whose office in the Dirksen Senate office building was terribly popular with both sides of the aisle because he had a freezer in his front office filled with uh, ice cream from, I think, Mayfield Dairies because they're a Tennessee-based maker of ice cream. And so, you know, the popcorn machine would be good because who doesn't lo- who isn't absolutely drawn uh, to, you know, the smell of freshly popped popcorn? So Dan Hanlon was fired and he took his popcorn machine with him. And even Neil Cavuto over on the... Uh, uh, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda said that people say that uh, a lot of people feel you're a narcissist. Man, uh, you know, if the shoe fits. Because apparently she demanded that her aides schedule a minimum quota of TV appearances in order to maintain her celebrity status. And these are the people who are in the majority in the House. These are the people who want to purge the United States of countless, God knows, numbers of perfectly ordinary Americans. You know, who either don't love or live or dress or think or exist the way that they, the maggots, 
insist. Quig had the missing strawberries. Itwit Nero has the missing documents. And Nancy Mace has a missing popcorn machine. Damn. But I can't help uh, I can't help but note that while Ralph Norman and Andy Biggs and Scott Perry and Matt Gates were all the ringleaders of the mutiny, the ire is focused on come on. What do those people have that she doesn't? What does she have that they don't? Yeah, the ire is focused on the woman. Jezebel. Not you. Not not you, Jezebel. She's a Jezebel. <sighs> and now after the uh, day one dictator comment, you know, Bishop Willard Romney has decided to exit the Senate because he probably couldn't get renominated in Utah. Uh, Manu Raju gets his microphone in a lot of in front of a lot of faces, and he got it in front of Bishop Willard's, and the bishop responded to a question about the day one dictator business. Threat. Uh, sometimes a little baby will spout off all sorts of words that you don't take either literally or seriously. That's a bit what we're that's a bit of what we're seeing from President Trump and his campaign right now. I'm not I'm not sure if that's the stirring denunciation that some would like it to be. That's more like a defense. Oh, he's saying it. He'll never do it. According to Manu Raju, the bishop said that uh, it was just Trump firing up the base and entertaining people. I don't know that I attach great importance to some of the things he says. Well, Bishop Willard, can I call you Willard? You are stinking filthy rich. You are white. You are male, and apparently straight, and churchy. You know, a lot of people don't consider Mormons to be Christians. I don't care. Uh, They can call themselves what they are, as long as they don't call me. But uh, he doesn't have a lot to worry about. Because there's nothing marginalized about Bishop Willard Romney. So, of course, he's going to be dismissive. But then there's Senator Thom Tillis, who also spoke to Manu Raju and said, oh, he said he would do two things. He would close the border and drill. Everybody could say that's abusing power. I think that's a righteous use of power, and President Biden failed on it. Except for the fact that 
Biden's been a very much oil president. Uh, Kevin Kramer, though, out of North Dakota, said, many of the things that need to be done he can do by executive order. And then he chuckled. He chuckled. Yeah. The condemned date heartily. So, there we are. I am going to knock off a half an hour early. Just because I want to make sure that Chantel goes off at the, the, the can't get them after 8 p.m. So I just want to make sure that everything is square. But, uh, again, sorry about yesterday. Back tomorrow. Thorn in the side Thursday. I'm sure there'll be plenty of thorns. And I did the credits already, but thanks again. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to... Uh, Deb jumping in and taking us down to 470. There's a $75 chocolate offer on the table, courtesy of Stephen New York. If you want it, $75 contribution. And you send me your name, your address, and your preference. Salted uh, chocolate, car- sea salt chocolate caramels in either dark or milk. Chocolate dipped potato chips. Dark or milk. Um, bourbon cherry cordials, darker milk, and pretzels, darker milk. Let me know all that, and I will send that on to Steve. There's only one of these offers, so whoever gets in first gets in. Maybe send me the email first before you send the money so I can tell you that you're the one. And it really is good chocolate. Esther Price out of Dayton, Ohio. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe. Leave a comment for the algorithm. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your RSV vaccine, get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more, especially if they contain any maggots. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse, maintain your social distance. And if an orange man-baby floats toward you, babbling about, only on day one, well, avoid him like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.